Amen. We, we, started, we started last week talking on this topic, when life steps on you, when life steps on you. And if you live long enough in this world, you'll feel step on. You will be stepped on. You will feel the, the pressure of the society, the pressure of the world all around us. You'll feel that, that squeezing us all the time. But I want to talk to you on that subject. What do you do? What do you do when life steps on you? And, and you allow me just for a few moments just to recap for those who are, who are new and those watching for the first time. And then we'll dive into the message. I feel like preaching on that topic about people who are walking through the fire. People who, who, who have been through all kinds of stuff. And he said, when you walk through the fire, you will not be consumed. He didn't say if, but when. I mean, in this life, you will walk through the fire. It's not a matter of if it's going to happen. It's going to happen. We're all going to walk through a fire. And you're going to walk through the fire, and that fire sooner or later is going to hit you. And, but the thing we need to understand that sooner or later, when life steps on you, what do you, what do you do? What do you do? You need to know what to do. You need to know what to do when life steps on you. In, the, in, in, Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 11, that was our text from last week. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24, it says, By faith, Moses, when he, when he has come to ears, refers to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Esteeming the reproach of Christ, greatest riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. For he endured at seeing him who is invisible. The Bible tells us here that Moses refused, Moses chose, Moses esteemed, Moses forsook, and Moses endured. The word discouragement means to take courage out. Have you ever had something hit you so hard that you just don't know, you just don't have the strength to get back and fight anymore? That's what discouragement is is to take courage out of you that you become so wounded and so hit so hard that you have no courage anymore to get up on your feet and continue fighting and that's what the enemy tries to do to our lives he tries to do to you spiritually and physically to encourage you so bad that you have no courage to do that And the first thing you need to understand when life steps on you is that you don't quit. That you don't give up. It's always too soon to quit. The greatest stability is, is stickability. When tough times hit and life squeezes you, when you go through crisis and someone is seeing, seems that they're all, that all, since they all come at one time in a group, you know, sometimes feel like when you're going through something, it's like all this stuff want to come against you at the same time. That's how life is sometimes. Now that you're just dealing with one problem or one thing, but they all seem to hit you at the same time, two or three times, things at a time. The thing is that you don't quit. 
that you don't quit. The Bible says that Moses' wife turned on him. His sister turned on him. The people complained against him. He had all this stuff going against him, but he refused to quit. Even when all this stuff were coming, how many of people are going to come again? Even your own family is going to turn against you sometimes. And when they do, guess what? You just keep moving forward. You don't quit. I'm going to tell you why you don't quit. Because when you have all those problems solved, guess what? There will be more. There will be more. In other words, you, you can't quit. You can't give up. You don't quit when you know who you are. The Bible says that in Hebrews 11 that he grew up in Pharaoh's court, but he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. That is an amazing statement. The first thing you need to learn is that what, what, he, what he refused. The scripture t let us know that, that his identity began with his ability to refuse. The first thing the Bible says in Hebrews about Moses is that he refused. You know how you identify your identity by what you are willing to refuse. He knew who he was by knowing who he was not. You know who you are. You got to know who you are not as well. He says, I am not the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He understood where he stand. He learned to realize that I am not the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He learned to refuse. Regardless of the pressure, I refuse to be called the son of, of Pharaoh's daughter. We don't understand what that means. Being raised but Pharaoh's daughter means that he, he was so privileged that they will have hundreds of foot soldiers, footmen, that will run before the chariot of Pharaoh's grandson. He was considered the son. They will run proclaiming the king's son is coming. In other words, all of this favor, all of this blessing could be his, but he <clears throat> refused. Think about it for a moment. All this wonderful privilege, all these wonderful opportunities, he was still able, refusing to be known as that. He became a great man by what he refused. I believe that we live in a generation that doesn't refuse much. If it feels good, so I'm going to do it. But I tell you what, when you're walking with Christ and you, and you have a relationship with a living God, you learn to refuse things that you know that will come against your morals and who you are as a, as a son of God or a daughter of Christ. You learn to refuse some things. You learn not to compromise and allow, not allow the enemy to penetrate your heart or penetrate your mind. Learn to refuse. This generation, if it feels wonderful, it feels good, and if everybody's doing it, I guess it's okay to do it. But Moses understood, no, it's, it, that's, that's not the way it works. He became a great man by what he refused. But when you know who you are, and you know what to refuse, and sometimes, and sometimes they have to come back in us. That we get to the place that, we're, that we so know who we are. That we, are, that we can identify ourselves by, by what we refuse. 
the scripture says that he knew who he was. To understand that's an incredible understanding, a statement that he realized, I know who I am. I know who I stand with Christ. I know who, in other words, I'm not going to allow the world, the, the media or so on to, to infiltrate my life and, and, and direct my future. How I many know that it's very easy for, for the media and social media and so on, the world, to direct our future? And he's saying, I'm not going to allow that to happen to me. Not only he knew who he was, and secondly, is that he was not ashamed. He was not ashamed to be called and identified with God's people. I told you this story the other day. I'm not sure if it's true, but it sounds good. I heard that somewhere... That the human body is worth a dollar and 92 cents. If you break it down, it's water, potassium, and iodine. 80% water, which means that you can go to a faucet and draw most of you out. A dollar and 92 cents. And then they find out that there is enough atoms in your body to provide nuclear power in one pound of flesh in your body. There is 1,400,000 kilowatts of electricity through that atom in one pound will produce, which means it will cause an electricity to produce that much electricity and power $855 million. The enemy will tell you that you're worth a dollar and 92 cents. But you need to understand that you're worth $855 million. It depends who you listen to. If you allow the world to determine how much you're worth, you ain't going to be worth a whole lot. But if I'm, if I'm, if I'm basing my prize on, an, on the eyes of my Lord Jesus Christ, I'm worth a whole lot more money than what the world thinks I'm worth. In other words, it depends who you listen to. You, you got to know who you are. When life steps on you, the enemy wants you to forget who you are. To forget that you are the child of the king. To forget that, that he has promised that he is going to provide for you. The devil wants you to panic, be afraid, to lose courage. He wants you to, to, to just to back up and give up and quit. That's what the animal enemy wants you to do. But when life steps on you, the thing you got to do is see your identity as the Lord Jesus sees you. Psalm 37 verse 25 says, I was young and now I'm old. Yet I have never seen the righteous forsake or their children begging bread. Like I said before, it's hell in the hallway. And what you have to do in, the, in, the, in that moment, in the hallway, you got to know who you are and whose you are. You have to know that he is going to take care of you. You have to know that he's going to bless you. You have to know that he's going to provide for you. You have to know that when you're in the hallway, God's going to look after you. How, no matter how bad it looks, God's, you're still a child of the living God. Woo! Man, I'm preaching better than you guys are shouting, but that's okay. That's okay. The Bible says that he chose to re the reproach of Christ, and Christ was not even born. 
But he knew who he was. I can't do that. I can't do this, Moses said, because I belong to somebody. He said, I can't, I can't, le- I can't lower my standards. I can't lower who I am because I belong to Christ. You have to know who you belong to. In Acts 7.22 says, Moses was educated in the wisdom of the Egyptians. And I, I shared this last week. It says that he was educated in the wisdom of the Egyptians. And he was a powerful and speech in action. What does that mean? That, that means that he was taught in the Egyptian universities. As he was growing up as a teenager and a young man, he was being bombarded by all this stuff in his brain, how the world functions. See, they taught that man comes from a grump worm. They taught that the universe rested in the back of a great elephant that was in the cosmos sea. And the elephant was standing in the back of a turtle that was swimming in that cosmos sea. All, of the, all his life, he went to that Egyptian university. Grub worm, elephant, turtle, swimming in the sea. And it was this Moses who had such an identity of who he was. And it was this man who learned the Bible says, and he was powerful in speech and action. He was, he was trained and educated. I want you to understand what I'm trying to get to you this morning. But it was this man who wrote in Genesis. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. They didn't teach that in school, but he had such an awareness of who God was. In other words, he did not allow the surrounding environment to corrupt his thinking and corrupt who God is in his heart. It's very easy to allow the world system to, little by little, they start chipping in our mind and chipping our hearts. And before you know it, you start believing the world system. But when you have such an identity and understanding of who you are in God, that no matter how hard they try, no matter how hard they'll try to persuade me that there is no God, no matter how hard they try to persuade me that, they, that we come from a, 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 you know, from a worm and so on. No, no, they can try that. Oh, it was built by coincidence. No, they can try all they want. But in my heart, I know that God created the earth and the universe, that there's only one God. It, it doesn't matter. Proverbs 9.10 says, because the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. The beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. If they teach you something else that goes against this, they are wrong and God's right. Say amen. amen. He knew who he was. He knew who he belonged to. You got to know who you belong to. The scripture says that he saw him who was invisible. Seeing him who is invisible. 
What do you do when life steps on you? You have to see the one who is invisible, greater than you see your needs or your lack, your crisis, your x-ray, or your pink slip from your job. You have to see him who is invisible, greater than the things you see visible. What do you do when life steps on you? How do you know? How do you see that that is invisible? But by the eyes of faith. By the eyes of faith, you see that that is invisible. Sometimes you don't see it, but I tell you what, God, God works it for you. And sometimes on paper makes no sense. You don't know how you're going to pay the rent. You don't know how you're going to pay the mortgage. You don't know how you're going to put gas in the car. But somehow when you look on paper, there's no money there. But when you trust the Lord and you trust it in God and you're walking by faith, not by sight, somehow supernaturally God opens up a window. Somehow God opens, God, God sends you a check in the mail through somebody. Somehow God Oh, come on, somebody. Somehow God works in mysterious ways, but God is working on your behalf. The hardest part of faith is, is the last five minutes. The hardest part of faith is the last five minutes. St. Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. In other words, seeing him who is invisible, the scripture says, I think about that story of Elijah when, he, when the Syrians' troops surrounded his house. The Bible says that his servants stepped out and saw all the Syrians' troops come completely surrounding his house. And the servant came and panicking, Master, Master, we're going to die. The Syrians have, have surrounded us. And the prophet prays that God opened his eyes. Let him see the invisible God. The Bible says that he went back outside. When he looked out, he saw angels and chariots of horses that was coming down from the mountain. Ooh. I tell you what, when the enemy tries to get you down, remember there's someone bigger behind him. When the enemy tries to, to surround you and, and, and choke you and kill you, remember there, there's something greater behind them. The Bible says in 2 Kings, and Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray that thee open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young men, and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire around about Elisha. And in other words, I want you to get this. We have, we have the devil surrounded. You think he has you surrounded. You think he has you in the box. You think, you, you think that he has you close in. I know this message might not be for everybody, but it's for somebody. And in reality, if you're open, if, you, if we can open our eyes, we can see that God has bigger ring around the devil than he has around you. If we can see in the supernatural, but we, got to, we have to walk in faith in God. You have to walk in faith in God and believe that he is greater 
than your problem. That he's greater than your circumstance, what you're going through. God is greater. For the angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear God. If the devil has your circle, look beyond. There's a bigger circle. And it feels like the enemy is closing in. Need is coming. You don't have enough resource. And it look like the devil has you surrounded. God has him surrounded. How many know that? See, for greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. That it's coming against you. You know, you, you got to know. I don't know if that's proper English or not, but I'm going to say it anyway. You got to know who you are. I'm married to a teacher. And whose you are. You have to know who you are and you have to try to understand that he's for you. When life steps on you, you got to know who you are, who you're going, where you're going. The Bible says that he, he lived for the recompense of reward. He was saying, if I, if I just keep doing what I'm doing, what is right, if I keep obeying, just keep pleasing God, God's going to reward me. You know what? Sometimes we try to please the world too much. Sometimes we try to please people too much. But the Bible tells us, you mind your own business, you please God, you do what's right in the eyes of God, and God will bless you, God will reward you, God will open the right doors for you. You don't have to be kissing behind somebody at the, oh my. You don't have to be kissing by the, at the workplace. If God wants to open the door for you, he will open the door for you. The favor of God can fall upon you. That's what he's trying to say. I might be walking through the fire. I might be going through the, through the crisis. I might be going through the storm. You know, you know in Mark 4, there were other boats as well. We, we read the storm. I'm trying to wrap this up as soon as I can, as far as I can. I remember, I, I know Jake, I know Mike J watches online. He always tell me, Pastor, take your time. I ain't no hurry. I might be going through the storm. You know, you know, in Mark chapter 4, other, and there were other boats. There were also other boats with him also. The Bible says that, that, that he has a recompense of reward. In other words, he knew that God was going to reward him. He knew that God was going to reward him. That he was going through a hard time. Life is going to step on you. Life is going to step on you. He was going through a hard time. And when life steps on you, you, you got to believe that God is a reward. That God's a rewarder. When you're going through this life, it, it doesn't look pretty. You might going through all setbacks and all and trust me, I know a lot of people right now who are going through all kinds of struggles right now. That even your own foundation, even your own faith can be shaken sometimes. And I don't care how super, super Christian you are. Man, you, you, you get hit by things in life. You, you're, 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 
Your foundation starts crackling a little bit and starts falling a little bit. I don't care how super Christian you are. Because we're humans. We're humans and we, and we face hard times and we face setbacks and we face things that we never thought it was possible. And we go through stuff that we never thought it was going to happen to me. But here you are, the one going through it now. And it's so easy. It's so easy to quit. So easy to give up. Weeping may endure for a night. But joy is, is going to come. Joy is going to come. I have three more pages of notes. I'm going to stop there. I'm going to finish it next week. Because it's not fair to rush it through. God is faithful. God is faithful. And in, in, in how bad it might look and how difficult it look. You know, ain't you glad that when we're even going through what we're going through, God is in our side. Recompense of reward. In other words, he understood as long as I'm holding on to Jesus, I'm holding, as long as I'm holding on to God, he's going to reward me. You know what? It, it, it might not be in this world time, but he can reward us on the other side. We always assume that it's going to have to be on this side. You know what? To me, it's a win-win. If he rewards me in this side of, the, of life or he rewards me on the other side of life, to me, with Christ, is a win-win. And, 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 and sometimes that's how we have to look life. Aren't you glad that he walks with you? Aren't you glad that he walks with you and he, and he, he guides you and, and he's faithful to us? We serve a good God. We serve a faithful God, a mighty God. Get up on your feet for a moment. Why don't you stand your hands toward heaven for a moment? Why don't you worship the Lord for a moment for all that He has done and how wonderful He is and how good He is and how marvelous He is. Come on, worship for a moment.
here this morning maybe you're watching online or here in person you're going through a season maybe you're discouragement maybe you're maybe going through a season where you feel like you've been you've been stepped on what do you do when you've been stepped on you feel like you just the enemy is working hard over time to get to you and, and discourage you and to take you out if you're here this morning just lift your hand where you're at just lift your hand where you're at one on one embarrass see those hands anybody I see that hand anybody else I see those hands I see those hands anybody else quickly quickly Hallelujah. If you're watching online, maybe you're going through some discouragement times as well and difficult times in your life. Man, trust the Lord. Believe in the Lord. God's on your side. God's not against you. He's on your side. He wants to bless you. He wants to help you. If you're going through anxiety or depression or suicidal thoughts, that's from the pits of hell. We need to lift up the name of Jesus. Just like the song they were singing, He is not defeated. Our Jesus has won every battle. Our Jesus has won them all. And we're standing on His side that He is faithful. And He's going to see us through that. That whatever we're going through, let us pray. Bow your heads for a moment, especially those who lift your hands. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, Father. I pray for a supernatural blessing upon their lives right now, God. Father, whatever they're going through right now, whatever discouragement the the enemy tries to bring against them, God, I pray that you will lift them up right now, Lord. Pick them up, Lord. Lord, I pray that I come against the spirit of anxiety and, and depression and, Lord, and just discouragement, God. Lord, encourage them. Lord, let them see there's hope. Lord, there's hope in you. There's hope in Jesus. And Father, we, we give you the praise and the glory. We bless those who have been watching online, Father, as we say goodbye to them now, Lord. Lord, I pray you be with them throughout this 